Welcome to Learn Videography, a podcast dedicated to mastering the art and business of becoming a full-time videographer. Presented by Industry Jump. Hosted by director Kyle Loftus and producer JJ Englert. Let's go. Welcome back to Learn Videography, your podcast to learn everything you need to know about becoming a full-time videographer. I'm your host, JJ from Industry Jump. And as always, I'm here with my co-host, Kyle Loftus. Kyle what is up? We made it to the last episode uh, of the, the season. Last one, man. Whew. I'm a little, it's a little sad, but uh, I'm I'm also very excited. You know, we we got some good stuff in the episode here, and uh, got plans for season two already in the works. So uh, I'm I'm excited, man. Let's uh, let's end let's end this off right. Yep, couldn't uh, couldn't agree more, Kyle. So this is our last educational podcast for the season. Today we're discussing how to plan for your future. And then we'll follow up on Saturday with our last interview with Matt Alonzo. I'm sure you've heard of him. Phenomenal filmmaker, has worked with some of the biggest artists for music videos and so much more. So that will be an interview that you do not want to miss. And then we will be taking a short break while we evaluate the podcast, plan out our future program, and figure out how we're going to come back bigger, better, and stronger for season two. And so that means we need your help. What do you want to learn? How can we help you? Please drop us a message on Learn Videography on Instagram to let us know. Everything we do on this podcast is for you guys, our listeners, and that means we need to know how we can help you and advance your career so we can continue to put out content that helps you all. So the more feedback we get, the faster we'll be able to return to season two. So if you enjoy listening to Learn Videography, and if you're looking forward to another season of content, drop us a DM, let us know what kind of content you're looking for how we can help you. And this way, when we come back with season two, we'll make sure to stay relevant and keep on providing that value that you guys have come to love from this podcast. However, Kyle, why don't you give our last five-star review winner for season one a shout out before we get into the episode for today? Yes, let's do it. So our final five-star review of this season came from Nick D'Ambrosia. If I'm saying that correctly, Apologize if I mispronounced the last name there. Nick says, this podcast is a blessing for filmmakers slash creatives new to the business world. JJ and Kyle do an excellent job providing valuable business knowledge that one could only pick up throughout years of experience. In addition to their experience, the podcast features several other notable professionals in the industry who share their experiences and insights to provide different perspectives. This podcast is a must for anyone that is looking to make a living as a filmmaker. Love to hear um, it. I totally agree, Nick. Awesome, man. <laughs> really, really appreciate the feedback. Uh, that was awesome, man. That's exactly what we want to hear. Yeah, really appreciate it, Nick. And you also DM'd us on Instagram. Uh, glad we got to talk there as well. It's always great getting a chance to talk to a listener. So thanks for reaching out. Thanks for leaving us a five-star review. Really appreciate you. So Kyle, let's dive into the first talking point for this episode where we're talking about building a team and laying up the foundation for your company. You know, when we're building uh, video businesses, content creation businesses, so much of these early years, these the early beginnings is just how you're gonna pay rent, you know, and how you're gonna make enough money to survive. But there will be a time where you are easily doing that. And then you need to start thinking about what does that future look like? You know, where are we going? What kind of a company do I want to build? You know, do I want to do this for two, three, four, five years? Or is this just a freelance thing that I'm doing on the side? And so this is when you start to lay that foundation. And so you start to figure out what long-term success looks like. You know, is this something where you're going to do it for the next 10 years, you're going to retire, and it's going to be good? Or if it's just something where you're building your portfolio, then you eventually look to join another company, that's what you need to start doing at these early stages where you survive the the survival of the fittest stage where you're just trying to make rent. And as soon as you get past <laughs> that stage, you start to look at the bigger picture. Kyle, how do you look at the bigger picture when thinking about your business? Right. So, well, first and foremost, I think it's important to mention too when, right? So when do you guys start to to look at this? And as JJ kind of alluded to, you know, once you get in a position where you're seeing some comfortable and consistent amount of money coming in on a, you know, weekly or quote unquote monthly basis, 
Um, and it's enough to support you continuing to do this profession. I would say maybe after, let's say, eight months to a year of having that consistently, that's when I would really start to examine the long term, you know, looking at is this something I want to do for a career for the rest of my life or for 10 years? And if so, if I want to do it, what do I actually want to do? So me, myself, you know, looking at my business now, you know, one of the, the big things I use is writing out goals and an actual kind of roadmap, um, you know, for my success where I, I develop a roadmap as to how to get where I want to be. And that's both in regards to, you know, financial, um, you know, personal life, um, as well as just where I want to be in regards to my career in regards to, I guess, you know, uh, awards or, or stature or works completed. Um, and so what I do is I use um, the quarterly periods um, in regards to business. And then every year I reevaluate. So I examine this roadmap and look at and say, you know, OK, um, a year ago, I was super passionate about becoming you know, the best music video director in the area. Is that still what I want to do and, and where I want to keep growing and pursuing? Or am I finding myself you know, more interested in narrative work? Um, and if so, you know, do I want to be a director, you know, five, eight years down the road or a DP or what exactly do I want? What position do I want to kind of fulfill um, in, in, you know, completing this content? And so I reexamine that again every every quarter um, and every year to, to see where I'm at, see how I'm feeling and, and see how I'm doing in regards to, you know, attaining these kind of mile markers and these goals of, you know, uh, whatever it, it might be, you know, $15,000 a month, um, you know, shooting 25 music videos in a year, different things like that. Um, so I set up these, you know, goal, these goals and these different uh, roadmaps. It allows me to have a better guide and vision for, you know, my long-term success and how I actually manifest and create that rather than just saying, you know, like, Yes, I you know I want to do this as a career for you know my whole life and and someday I want to shoot feature films and be a director. Well, that's great, but you know just saying that isn't going to make it happen. You know you need to actually evaluate and determine what are the actual steps you need to take to get to that point. So researching and seeing what other directors did, then implementing that into your life and your process, and again creating this roadmap that's going to allow you to again, kind of start to, to take those steps, climb up the ladder rung to that point you want to get to. And again, I think one of the important parts with that is just making sure that you're constantly reevaluating yep. because, you know, we're constantly evolving as, as people, as individuals. Um, you know, I'm an entirely different person than I was uh, four or five years ago. Mm -hmm. And so I think it's really, really important that you're, you're constantly uh, reevaluating, you know, JJ, I know, you know, you just recently had a kid. Mm -hmm. So, you know, I'm sure that's, flipped your world upside down in so many different ways and has caused you to kind of reevaluate. But uh, I feel like I'm hogging the mic here. You know, what, what about yourself, JJ? What do you do? Yeah. You know, I think the goals thing is so important that you hit on. So thanks for bringing that up. It's you need to have a direction of where you want to go. You need to have a map of how you're going to get there. Right. And we might not know the turn by turn directions, but we still need to know that where are we going to go? Like, are we going to go north because we want to go in that direction? You know, so even just coming up with these bigger goals helps you figure out what those in-between goals are. And so I'm a very goal-oriented right, right. person, and I love the feeling of accomplishing goals. And so one of the things that I do is I, I set up bigger goals for myself, but then I have really small, obtainable goals that I can accomplish within a week, within a month, that I can check off once I get there, because that really brings me so much satisfaction. You know, So when we're thinking about planning for the future, you need to first figure out what is that future? Where do you want to go? And then you can start to figure out how you're going to get there. And one of the things that I love to do is I love to talk to people that are there or that are experiencing kind of where you want to be and hear yep, about yep. their journeys, hear about the path they took. Because there's a lot of situations where you think you might be able to get to one place if you do these things. But if you talk to that person, you might see that they did it a whole different way. And, and I'm sure there's multiple ways to get there, but it opens up a, a perspective for you. It gives you more opportunities, more uh, options to look at how you can accomplish that yourself. You know, and a lot of these journeys and paths are unusual. And you'll find that out when you're talking to a lot of people. But um, what's important is that you're constantly getting outside of your comfort zone 
and talking to people and and figuring out what it's like to live in that life of where you want to go. You know, so one example of this is uh, a friend from high school. They said they always wanted to be an accountant, right? So they graduated high school, then they went off to college to be an accountant. They graduated, finally got their account degree. And then within the first six months of getting an accounting job, they realized they hated it because it was the first time that they were actually doing the work of an accountant in that professional setting. You know, and it's like, man, you just dedicated four years plus to do this and you didn't even realize that you don't like it. You know, it's like one of the things that I think they should have done originally was, all right, if they figure out that they want to be an accountant in high school, great, go shadow some accountants. Go see what it's like to be in, uh, to work at their office, to be a life, uh, I guess, go see what it's like to live in their shoes for one day. You know, is that something that you can see yourself doing? Is that something that would bring you joy and excitement? And is that something you want to get to yourself? And if the answer is yes, then keep doing it. Keep finding people like that to figure out how they did it. Get advice from them. Get tips from them. But if you don't like it, not, that's the easiest way to stop doing that and to pivot at that point. And it's okay to pivot. So long story short, Kyle and I are saying that in order to plan for your future, you need to figure out where you want to go in the future. And you need to start figuring out what that big destination is. Start doing research there. Try to shadow. Try to uh, experience what that would be like or feel like if you actually got there. And then start to reverse engineer the steps of how other people got there and to use those steps for yourself to get there as well. So that's just an essential step of planning for the future that uh, you know I think everyone can use in their life, myself included, um, and, it, and I think can carry us all um, to be pretty successful in that regard. Also, you got to think about your team. You know, like is this something that you want to do by yourself forever? Are you building a one-person company that? Just going to be you, maybe, and your wife or one partner that you're going to service clients for the next 10 years, 20 years, and then you're going to retire and that's that's it. And there's benefits of that. It You don't need to get too complicated. You can keep things small and simple, hands-on. But then there's other people that have ambitions of, no, I want to build like a 20-person production company. You know, so you need to figure out, like going back to step one, you need to figure out what that goal is that you're trying to accomplish and then start putting together a team to help you accomplish those goals. And a team with the understanding of, can I work with this person for a year, two years, five years? Do Are we compatible at that level to actually make a long-term successful relationship? So that's another thing that you gotta think of at this level is you have your goals, then you have your team players that you're gonna be working with at that level. Once you get there, then you can start to look at long-term contracts, long-term commitments, what the business needs at a long-term basis. So a lot of us initially start with gear. We buy gear, we buy cameras, we buy lights, etc. because that is a long-term investment. We can use this camera for a year, two years to shoot 50 to 100 videos. So that's a great investment. But there's a lot of other ways that you can invest your money and resources back into your business. Uh, some of it is like office space, studio space, other office equipment, work vehicles, you know, some people have like Sprinter vans with their logos on it and all that kind of stuff, or simply just employees, you know, hiring employees, hiring an editor, a full-time editor, or a project manager, an in-house producer, or business development person. You know, there's so many different ways that you can look at investing in your company. But again, it stems from that bigger goal that you've already laid out for yourself and your company at stage one of this. All right, y'all, it is time for our ad break of the day. Today is brought to you by our season sponsor, the one, the only Epidemic Sound. I'm sure y'all folks have already heard of them, but if you haven't, they are a platform for royalty-free licensed music and sound effects. Not only that, but they have multiple plans available to fit 
any level of creative. Whether you're looking for a commercial plan or a personal plan, they've got you covered. With the personal plan starting at only $15 a month, you get access to over 30,000 songs refreshed weekly and over 60,000 sound effects. Not only this, but your content is still cleared to use even if you cancel your subscription. And with the commercial plan at $50 a month, geared towards freelancers and small businesses, you're able to get content cleared and music cleared for commercial clients and you get unlimited ad spend. What more could you ask for? Sign up for Epidemic Sound today and get two months free by using the link in our bio at Learn Videography or found in our show notes. JJ, when we're looking at these, you know, long-term contracts and commitments, you know, it's it can just seem overwhelming and, and daunting. You know, when when would you recommend? Like, when is a good time to to start looking at getting an office space? Be that you know a co-op environment or your own studio or just a space that you know literally lives as like an editing suite and office to meet clients at. Yeah. Um, employees hiring employees. Like, when when do you start looking at things and and, you know, from your perspective and opinion, like what, what do you, how do you prioritize it, right? Is it prioritizing the office space? Is it prioritizing getting the employees so you have a more robust and well-rounded team? Yep. What are your thoughts on all that? It's a great question. You know, uh, myself personally, when I started Industry Jump, it was always my dream of like getting an office space and really making it the home for Industry Jump, you know? And, and so I did. Uh, maybe a year into the business, I got an office space. Um, and I built it up to be just how I wanted it. And it was fantastic. Uh, but about eight to nine months into it, I realized that this wasn't really helping the business go forward in any way. This wasn't bringing in any new revenue. This wasn't, you know, generating new things for the business. It was really a vanity thing. It was really just a place for me to work and to work with colleagues and, and team members and whatnot. But it wasn't really pushing the needle for the company. And at the same time, it was costing the company a good amount of money every single month. And so I eventually closed the office space because it just wasn't necessary. And so it's things like that. It's like, I think every creator would love to have their own studio space. They would love to have their own office space where they can store all the gear, they can bring clients in, they can hang the hat at the end of the day. That's definitely, I think, what a lot of us aspire to. But you just got to understand at that fundamental level is, do you need it? You know, is this something that your business needs? Is this something that is going to help you make more money? Is this going to be something that is fundamental for your business? You know, and I think for a lot of young content creators, the answer is no. But when it gets to a point where you're servicing, uh, you know, 20, 30, 40 clients or even shooting 10 studio videos a month on a regular basis, then a studio space makes a whole lot of sense because instead of renting for someone else, you're shooting in your own studio. You can pay yourself for that studio visit from that, you know, the budget of that video that goes into rent. And that in itself is helping the business because instead of paying two grand for a studio, you're paying five grand for your office the whole year and you can make more money doing that. So you really need to wait until you find that synergistic moment where it's like I can buy this and this is going to help me make more money with my current opportunities. You don't want to buy it and say, I'm going to buy this and invest major into it. And then I can start marketing it for the first time. And hopefully it can bring in more money then. Because there's probably going to be some downtime where it's going to take you some uh, time to get up and running. And, and, and frankly, that's just some money you could have saved. You know, so I really like to solve problems when it's a problem, not before it's a problem. So Wait until right. you need that office space or you need that studio or you need that employee to service existing contracts or clients that you have at a retaining level or that you can consistently see that this work is going to come in for months to come, uh, at least six months because most leases are six to 12 months. So you need to know you got, you got consistent work for a year you know, before you make these big investments. Uh, and frankly, it's it's a really big milestone for you once you're able to do it. And and it's a great milestone that you should aspire to if that is what you want. But it's just something you shouldn't rush into. Yeah, totally agree there. And I think, you know, a uh, couple of things <laughs> that come to mind here for me. So um, a way I like to think about it is, you know, the way I think about tattoos. So, you know, I've got like 
15 or so at this point. But what I do, like when I get an idea or, you know, I have a new tattoo that I want to get is I sit on it. And again, kind of like we I talked about earlier, I reevaluate. Um, so again, for instance, let's say you really want this office space for your business. You think it would be really cool to have this. And maybe you have three or four other local videographers you regularly work with. So you want to kind of make a nice co-oping space you can bring clients into. Well, I think it's, again, it's important first to do market research. You know, will this actually benefit your business? Build out a pros and cons list. Um, literally just get a pen and pen and paper as traditional as bland as that sounds, you know, literally just write down the pros and cons of having this office space or having a studio that in tandem with, you know, doing some market research, I think will almost, uh, you know, give you your answer. You know, it's probably maybe like 90% there, um, if not all the way. And I think that last little bit again is uh, we're playing a long, long game here, guys. So, you know, just because you get inspired and business is good now and you want to get the studio doesn't mean you should just pull the trigger right away and get it, you know, sit on that for a month or, you know, three to four months. Do you still have that same fire and passion for making that space as you did, you know, four or five months ago? Is it something you're really, really just as fired out, fired up about, or maybe even more inspired? If so, well, then I think it's something, you know, to, to start really looking into and pursuing. But I think the important thing is, again, like, this is big investments. Um, and this is the long game, right? So this is nothing that we should be making quick decisions on. These are, these are all things that we should really take our time again to research the market, see if it actually has a value prop for, for clientele and just different people in your market and area. Um, look at the pros and cons for you and your business. Um, and then again, you know, take time and really evaluate it. Yep. So using myself as an example, you know, I've always wanted a studio. I'd love to have my own studio, but I have some incredible relationships with some studio owners here in Orlando. And so I'm able to get some nice um, kind of premium discounts. Um, and on top of that, there's just an unbelievable amount of of just base, basic studios here in Orlando. So, you know, I, I wouldn't be offering anything new and refreshing to the market. Mm -hmm. um, however, you know, a big thing I'm, I'm actually looking into uh, purchasing in 2021 is a really big and nice warehouse space. There's there's really no warehouse space in in Orlando that's that's being used uh, for video production currently or dedicated for video production. Um, so again, doing things like that, uh, I think will kind of really help guide you in regards to these kind of long term contracts and, and commitments you might be debating with your business. Yep, well said. Let's move on to our next category, which is branding and long term strategy. So. So many of us start out with that first company, you know, that video production company that we make quickly just to start saying, hey, this is a visuals, for example, um, or my first one was collab studios. Right. Um, and we don't realize that at that time when we make that company or sometimes we might not realize that that's the company that we're going to have for many more years. And so normally or sometimes we don't spend the time to properly brand it do the logos, do the website, the, like everything that you would want to start building a long-term brand. We skip through that process because we're not even thinking about it yet. We're just trying to think about how to make rent. And so that's a, a really important process that you need to think about and really obsess over because again, this is, this is not a sprint. This is a marathon. This is playing the long game and you need to continue to invest in that brand over time and hopefully two, three, four years down the road, that brand starts to pay dividends for you because you've really um, put together a strong brand from day one. So if, you know, if you're doing this at even a part-time level, but you're really serious about it, definitely take a step back and think about your brand, how you want to come across to, to clients, who those clients are, what, what type of clients they are, you know, the colors that you use, uh, how you interact with new clients, you know, is it through some type of proposals or contracts? Like, what do those look like? Are those branded as well? Like, you want every touch point to represent you, your brand, the quality that you uphold at every step of the way. And the earlier you do this, the better off you will be. So definitely think about your logo, websites, all that kind of stuff. Get swag for your business. You know, when you show up on set, wear your company t-shirts, wear a company hat, company backpack, etc. You know, make it really feel like this is a real thing. This is a real company 
we're building for the future for a very successful future, right? Then think about ways that you can super stoke out your clients. You know, holidays come around and you have a really great client or two, get them a gift, take them out to dinner, make them feel really special because you're building relationships for the long term here. This is not just a one and done type of thing. You know, like you really want to um, make sure that these relationships blossom for you years to come and that they will lead to referrals and a lot of really good activity for your business. So don't just service a client, do a quick $4,000 video, say, here's your video. It's a great video. Call me up when you need me anything in the future. That's not the way you should do it. It should be, you know, service that client, do a fantastic job and then stay in touch with that client occasionally, you know, just do meetups with that client, grab some food, see how you can help them, see if they need any types of referrals, send them a gift or thank you note for the latest project, stay on the horizon. Like you need to constantly work at uh, keeping up to date with your clients, make sure that you're on the radar, make sure that if they need a referral or any kind of video help, you are there first and foremost. So that all goes into building your brand and the type of business that you want to be. Kyle, from a social media standpoint, how do you approach your brand uh, and Cal Visuals? Yeah, it's a it's a great question. So you know, first and foremost, you know, I think I, I when I was first developing and building out my business, you know, I don't think I really understood um, the true power of branding. Um, and so I think first and foremost, when I'm looking at branding and trying to create and push out this this image and this energy, this feeling. Um, the biggest thing I, I try to do is make my content as personalized and as personable as, as possible. Um, so what I mean by that is, you know, when people see any content I put out, whether that be behind the scenes photos or an actual video, um, or, or just like a behind the scenes recap, they know instantly, um, you know, what the experience is, what they're going to receive in regards to the deliverable, what it's like going to be what it's like to work with me. Um, again, you know, looking at some of the the more popular and, and big brands just all over, you know, Nike, Under Armour, Coca-Cola, um, Budweiser, all these different brands, you know, once you hear that name, you immediately have a, a sense of emotion and feeling that that this evokes, right? So that's what you want to do with your own brand. So, you know, just putting out content isn't enough. You know, people want to see more than that. Think again, put yourself in the client's shoes. The client wants to not only know that you can create incredible content, but they want to see and know your process. They want to know how you do it, how you actually create it. And they also want to know about the experience. So those are kind of the big things that I really focus on in regards to my social media content. So I'm always, you know, showcasing and putting out the new the newest work that we release and do. Um, some work I do not release. Again, this goes back to some of our earlier episodes, um, but I don't release content if, again, it doesn't align with the brand that I'm trying to create and the direction I'm trying to go. So if I do a side wedding or I do a side corporate project, you won't see me posting or promoting any of that because that's not in the direction. It doesn't align with you know my roadmap and where I'm trying to go for the future. Um, in addition, on top of that content, you're going to see a lot of behind the scenes um, and so the the great thing be, with behind the scenes is that people get to see and know your process. They get to see who you work with, what gear you use. You know, do you use a lot of color or do you use more natural lighting? Um, all these different things, you know. So, again, they're getting a better and a stronger understanding of of how you work, what the process looks like. And that's going to allow them to determine, you know, if you maybe align with them, if they think that they'll have good chemistry with you. The more that people can know and understand your brand, the, the faster that that process is of, you know, taking a lead to a client, um, because, you know, if they already know exactly who you are, what you feel like, what the experience is going to be with you, they're already going to know before even connecting with you, whether they actually want to work with you or not. Um, so the better and, and stronger your brand gets and, and the more you create this really unified, uh, again, kind of all-encompassing image or, or presence, if you will, you know, the, the, the more, um, the easier the process of closing a client is going to be. Um, you know, I think one of the, the great ways to look at this is, you know, I started uploading behind the scenes photos to uh, 
uh, Unsplash and and Pexel is a more of a recent one um, that I think that released like I think that platform opened like a year year and a half ago maybe anyways I upload photos uh, to a couple of these different platforms and I often get asked by people you know like you know Kyle why do you upload these to these platforms people get to just use them wherever anytime they want for free I get a bunch of people messaging me on Instagram you know checking if these companies, uh, various companies had the rights to use my photos. Mm-hmm. Um, and I always joke, you know, I'm still waiting on my royalties. Um, mm. But, you know, at, at the end of the day, the, the big reason I do that is because, again, you know, now my face and maybe not necessarily my name, but, you know, my 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 brand, my name itself is associated with my face. But my face is becoming more and more present in, you know, I see it in ShareGrid and Epidemic Sound and just a bunch of platforms that, again, are all focused around this filmmaking industry and community. So, you know, five years from now, you're all of you listening right now are probably going to be annoyed by how much you're seeing my face. But again, it's, it's I'm creating such a strong brand presence. I'll never that, be annoyed, Kyle. Uh, <laughs> I appreciate that. I know I'm a looker. I know. I know. <laughs> um, you know, I, I'm just continuing to see growth. and so. My big thing was this year, I think, is when I really saw that that snowball effect kind of hit the the top of the hill and start rolling down in the sense that, um, you know, I just had a ton of brands and companies reach out to me to do partnerships um, to, to sponsor me uh, for various videos and projects. Uh, and just in addition to that, you know, I've just I've seen in exponential growth in regards to the client work I'm getting and the budgets I'm receiving for those. And this is all amidst COVID as well. Um, and so I'm very lucky and blessed in that sense. But I think the the biggest reason I'm seeing all of this, again, is because for, you know, about five years now, I've been heavily pushing and uh, promoting, you know, behind the scenes content, be that again, photos and video, really sharing and showcasing my process and experience on top of actually pushing out my, my final products, right? Like the finalized videos. So uh, I'm not sure. Is that, does that kind of answer your question there, JJ? Yeah, for sure. I think those are some phenomenal examples of how you can build that brand and build that presence and the dividends that it pays. You know, it, it takes years. It takes hard work to do it. But, you know, if you can build that brand and that presence, it really pays off. And also, you know, uh, one of the things that I think about, too, is, you know, I don't always want to be running the business uh, every single day. You know, I want other people to be with me. I want team members and I want to be able to step away from it uh, and still have it function properly. You know, and if you can build up that big brand, you can build up that brand that is even someone other than yourself. It's just that company. Then one day you can sell that company. You can make money off that company. You can do so many other things because you have a, a great brand. You have this great company. You're this roster of clients that you service, you have this reoccurring revenue, that's a sellable asset that you can move on to. You know, so there's so much that you can do with your brand. There's so much opportunity. And a lot of content creators quickly skip across that or quickly put together a logo with no real uh, meaning behind any of it. And I just want to caution you say, hold on, think about this. You're building for the long term here. This is a marathon. This is not going to be a six month thing. Let's do it right. And that's do it from the very beginning so all the work that you put into it is under that brand name that that design the logo the aesthetic that you're going for and it will continue to pay date dividends for you years to come Absolutely. the last thing that i want to say is just make sure that you're creating the content that you want to create and that aligns with your goals you know let's go back to the example of me early on when i did a year of just banging out music videos video after video. And then I looked at myself and I was like, I don't want to be a music video producer. You know, I want to be a narrative filmmaker or a narrative producer. Like all of my contacts and the work that I've done this last year, just music videos. That doesn't help me get to where I want to go in the narrative film world. So I understand that you need to service clients and you need to make money. But if you're creating work for them that is not in the direction that you want to go, you need to find other ways to make that type of content to put on your portfolio to attract those types of clients. Now, a lot of the ways that we do this is with spec work, passion projects, a lot of the other projects like that. But that's just one of the things that you have to be aware of. And you have to make sure that you're doing proactively every single month. So you're really pushing that brand forward and that company forward in the direction that you're trying to go. Absolutely. I think the other thing I want to briefly mention 
as well, JJ, is uh, another important aspect you can consider for this as well is, you know, trying to create multiple touch points with your ideal client or or target audience. Um, so again, you know, looking at, you know, ourselves, for example, uh, you know, doing this podcast, a podcast isn't really in the film industry, you know, it's not necessarily like a, a service or anything we're per se providing. Um, but again, just by pushing this content out there, by having this podcast, again, as JJ mentioned, you know, it's evergreen content. And so this is content that's going to continue to benefit both of us and our other businesses um, through SEO, just through general people knowing more and understanding, uh, you know, the experience and brand authority we have in our industry, etc. So, you know, you could start a podcast, you could start a blog, there's a speaker series, different ways, you know, web, speaker series, there, yeah. there's web events, webinar. there's webinars, exactly. There's just so many ways you can do it, Kyle. Tons. So I think the big thing here is, is not, not just looking at yourself and like what you can do from branding in regards to like your video business, but also looking at other ways you can get people aware of your brand. Yeah, make know yourself that your authority. Exactly. And, and I think, you know, just briefly mentioning, as we, we mentioned earlier, Jacob Owens, I think he's, he's a great example. You know, he's pretty much got a, a business operation in almost every single process <laughs> of, you know, the, the, from the pre-production to production to post. Um, so creating all those touch points, you know, makes it almost impossible for him not to be a part of the majority of projects that are, you know, kind of going on in, in the Los Angeles area in regards to music videos, because he just, he has locations, he has the digital assets, he shoots and directs, like he provides almost everything that you would need. Yep, exactly. Let's move on to our next point. Uh, and this one is education, you know, and just stressing the fact of never stop learning. Uh, and this is one that I'm a little salty about, to be honest, Kyle, because a lot of the content creators that uh, I sometimes speak with or work with, uh, they're just so much in their lane. They're so much in their zone. They're, they're so busy just servicing the clients they got. And, uh, and yeah, they'll look up on YouTube how to do quick little things, but they're never taking the time for themselves to sit back and just to learn a whole new skill or to take a new course or to really make themselves an expert in a new thing. You know, like so much of it is just hacking together what you need to know at that exact moment. But often we allow ourselves to just stay in that hamster wheel and we're never actually like pushing ourselves truly forward with a whole new course, a whole new thing that you're trying to do, new gear that, you know, and, and whatnot. And so I just want to caution content creators, like don't stay in your lane in this regard. You need to keep pushing yourself to learn new things. Learn about the new equipment. Learn about how it can help you service your clients better. Learn about new workflows and processes to make your business run more effectively. Learn how to be a better leader, you know, by just managing people. Learn the, the small business skill set of what it's needed to run a small business. Learn about, you know, lighting in really in depth and uh, DaVinci Resolve in depth. And, you know, there's so many courses that you could take online learning, online mentors that you can work with to really push yourself. And this is something that you should be doing every month. You know, I like to think that you should be using a maybe five to 10% of your time every single month to do this sort of stuff, to learn new skills, to push yourself in that regard. Because yes, we, we are creating a company and many of us see ourselves as that actual company. We're highly embedded in that company, but we need to make sure that we're still you know, advancing ourselves as an individual and that we are bringing our best selves to the job every single day. And I think that by doing this and by pushing yourself to learn new skills, continuously educate yourself, you will be able to see a bigger perspective. You'll be able to see this business and all the potential it has in a lot more ways. And that will allow you to guide it to be a more successful uh, journey uh, for yourself. Totally agree. You know, I think it's it's so vital and important that we're, you know, again, educating ourselves. And as you mentioned, JJ, in other areas outside of, of filmmaking, you know, more specifically towards the business side, I think, you know, that's been one of the biggest things in regards to helping me continue to grow and see more success year after year is every single year, you know, I try to read at least six to 10 uh, books focused on business. 
Um, and so just through that alone, you know, every year I'm learning more and more. And, and what's been really fun and really interesting is, is now after doing that for about five or five or six years now, I'm starting to really, really see all the commonalities and all the different things that these various people are doing that are the, the, the same things. You know what? Yes, everyone has a different story and a different life and a different process to get from point A to point B. However, there are a lot of commonalities and similarities. And so the more I've been reading these books, the more I'm picking up on those and then able to implement those things into my actual business operations and mindset. Um, so I think that's that's a huge, huge thing you guys can be doing. Um, again, you know, another thing I, I'm doing this year, it's been really fun slash challenging is, is pushing myself to learn Spanish. So, uh, you know, now there once I finally you know feel fluent in that, I'll be able to access an entirely different market um you know being able to access the entire latin level up will be very very incredible for me as well so uh yeah yeah, i don't really have any much anything else to add jj just want to yeah i just want everything you said there put a pin in it quickly you know like uh through building industry jump it's been my first tech startup it's been my first tech company you know i didn't know anything about technology i could build wordpress websites square websites all that kind of stuff but i never knew how to build enterprise technology and the whole concept of coding alone is very intimidating. You know, it's like it's a whole different thing. And so for years, it's been one of those things where I couldn't even build my own company. And that that brought me so much frustration because it's just like, oh, I just really want to do this. Like, I'm such a hands-on person. This is such a simple feature. This could make it so much easier for so many other people. Let me just build it. But I just never knew that skill set. And so I always relied on my engineers, my team members. And, and because of such, you know, it was a little bit out of my hands. And so during this pandemic, I was like, you know what? I'm going to learn how to code. And so I've been taking online courses. I've been practicing nights and weekends, and I've been doing it. And I just built my first application, and now I'm getting ready to build some stuff for Industry Jump. And it's the most empowering feeling ever. And so the moral of the story is if there's something intimidating, if there's something that scares you, but it's something that you think could help you in life, go do it. You know? Yeah, it's scary, but start small, start with a really like small course or guided lessons or find a coach, read some books, start making yourself more familiar with it, take it step by step. And once you're able to complete that process, a whole new phase in life in the world is going to unlock for you and you are going to feel so empowered and it's going to be the best feeling ever. And it doesn't have to be just in the filmmaking industry. Like Kyle said, he's learning a whole new language that is going to give him so much more accessibility in his market that is just incredible. And it's just something really good for him to have, a really great skill for him to have in life. So there's so many ways that we can push ourselves and learn new skills as individuals, as creators, as business owners, as good bosses and leaders of people that we want to be in the future. And you should always dedicate time for that every single month, whether you're busy or not, because it's very important. So why don't we move on to our question of the day, and then we'll come back to our last couple of points, which are networking, saving money, and building assets. So for our question of the day today, Kyle, who do we have? So the question of the day today comes from Halim Abdullah from Atlanta. Awesome. Here we go. Hey, guys. Halim Abdullah. I'm from Cincinnati, Ohio. And my question is, when you guys watch a lot of movies, do you guys tend to take a lot of inspiration from it? Or when you're working with artists, is it usually based off the artists you're working with? Got it. Thank you for that question. Uh, I'll quickly answer it, Kyle, and then I'll let you riff on it from there. Um, you know, initially when I started to really get into the film industry, I was watching movies and analyzing them and studying them and really trying to digest everything I could to put back into my own art. But then I just realized that it's not really like that in the real world, unfortunately. And as much as I wish it was... We have so much limitations in this small budget world. You know, you have $1,000, $4,000, and you got a warehouse, you know, two actors or whatnot. And yes, you can use fundamental like film techniques in those videos and whatnot, and you can use inspire creativity and whatnot, but you're not going to be able to build these sets. You're not going to be able to really, you know, take Hollywood movies and put them directly into your work at that level, you know, so... I guess that would be my experience there. That doesn't mean I don't gain inspiration or that I don't want to do that sort of stuff. But 
you know, where I gain most of my inspiration is just from talking to clients at that level, whether it's an artist, it's a brand, it's a commercial, figuring out how we can solve their problems and help them reach more success. And then if I can tie in any of my own inspiration, aspirations into that, that's fantastic. And I always want to do that as a creative, but that's kind of where I stem from uh, that creative level. How about yourself, Kyle? Yeah, you know, I think I, I definitely draw inspiration from from movies, um, but I think more so it's it's uh, learning. So when I'm watching movies, uh, you know, I think what I pull away the most is either a just you know having a good experience enjoying a film, um, but I think b what what comes with it for me is is picking up on different elements like the coloring or. Maybe, you know, I really like how they used a dolly in and Dutch angle to really amplify the the scariness of, of this moment in this hallway. So little things and techniques like that I, I pick up on and I use that, um, I guess, as inspiration, quote unquote, you know, in in my videos Then I might implement it or use that kind of style. But it, it's again, as JJ mentioned, you know, it, it's, uh, it's different in the real world. You know, obviously I have these ideas and these different techniques that I want to try and implement, but I have no idea when the right time will align for that to get used. You know, it's one thing to say, I love this shot style and I want to implement it. It's another thing when I'm working with the artist and, you know, again, referencing that, that Dolly Dutch angle, maybe the music video I'm shooting for is like a, a pop song and, you know, the artist's vision so far is they see like a bunch of clouds and balloons and soft pastel colors. Well, that doesn't fit or work together at all. You know, so I think really where the most inspiration for me comes from is actually going and working through that process with the artist. You know, yep. most of my inspiration, I think, comes from people um, and just the, you know, that that back and forth, that the energy we kind of have uh, just kind of vibing off of each other and kind of spitting those ideas back and forth and then trying to unify that into, you know, a cohesive theme. Um, I think that's really where the most of my inspiration lies. Yep. Great, great response. Uh, thank you for your question, Halim. Really appreciate it. Let's dive back into the episode and talk about networking. This is a thing that I think a lot of us hate or just don't do or don't look forward to it, but it's just so essential, Kyle. Like, you know, networking is at the heart of your business. So many of the new clients that we get, the new projects we get come from word of mouth referrals. And if you have a limited network, your business is going to be limited from the very beginning. And so one of the ways to expand these opportunities is to get out there and network, you know, and I even say that you should be networking 10 to even 20% of your time going to business groups and uh, participating in Facebook groups, support groups, uh, going to meetups, going to local industry events, like so much of those relationships could be really beneficial for you and for your business. And you need to go out there and make them happen and make and, and let people know that you exist, that your company is around and to hand out business cards and to let people know like, hey, if you ever need videos, I'm here. And if you're not doing that, it's and you're not getting biz, new business, it's not because people don't like you or they don't need your services. They just don't know of you. And Instagram is not enough. Instagram is a great channel, but it's not enough. You know, so you really need to go out there, make time to network and meet new professionals and, and different groups. And you really need to focus on who that person is. So when I mean that, I mean like who is your client? Who is your customer that you are servicing? Are you in the automobile industry? right? If so, then you need to find meetups and groups and professional communities that focus on the automobile industry and, and you know, high-speed filming and uh, all that kind of stuff, you know, and you want to become a authority within that industry. You want to be well-recognized within that industry, but you don't want to just do it for customers and clients. You also want to do it for creators. You want to have a creator support groups, you want to be able to ask uh, questions to people about how do I do this? How much should I charge a client? You know, or I need to borrow gear. Anyone's got a gear or I don't know how to do this. So you need support groups, professional groups and networking groups on both sides of the aisle to give you the maximum amount of opportunities to not only get new gigs, new referrals, but support, you know, friends, colleagues, people to share successes with. All of that stuff is so important. You know, and that's some of the stuff that we've been trying to do at Industry Jump is 
connect these filmmakers together because you normally we all work alone. We're content creators normally running a one or two person business and our networks are very limited. So this is just one of the things that you need to do similar to education where you need to push yourself to get outside of your comfort zone and to find whatever time you can to create these new opportunities and these new relationships. Kyle, how do you value networking within your business and how do you go about doing it? Yeah, uh, you know, I mean, it's it's one of the the biggest things I value. You know, I mean, I think networking and just relationships overall is one of the reason I, I get as much work as I do. Uh, you know, is just people um, having a good experience, getting a great final video from me, talking about it, or sharing that with uh, you know people in their community, their circle, um, then brings you know new people and new faces to me. Um, it's just huge uh, in regards to acquiring clients as well as, again, just building and fostering better relationships with people in your industry, which, again, can lead to work um, as well as other unique and special opportunities. So, for instance, uh, you know, going to big events, um, obviously, prior to covid, uh, you know, going to things like NAB, um, being mm-hmm. based in Orlando. Um, but, I, you know, I, I do have goals and ambitions of of doing uh, narrative work, being a director for feature films. And so. Uh, whenever I can, I'm, I'm trying to get out to LA and go to events out there, whether that be, you know, just a simple kind of pop-up shop, or maybe it's, uh, you know, a, a wholesale event at Tiffin, Tiffin Filters location or something like that, you know, so going to these different events to meet people. Um, additionally, this was prior to, uh, prior to COVID breaking out, but one of my uh, goals that I set for weekly is to meet one new person for coffee. So, uh, prior Ooh, to COVID, I, like I would a set a goal to to just go and get coffee with someone new every single week. Um, doesn't matter if they're a filmmaker, Amazing. they're an accountant, Amazing. what have you, you know. But the idea is after even just a year, you know, think about all those new connections you've made and the three to five people that are close in their circle new that people. they know. <laughs> and, and, and it's not just those 52 people, you know, it, it's their close friends in their circle as well. If you really do great work and, and you're a great filmmaker, you know, let's say you go get uh, you go get coffee with an accountant, right? Um, you're a great filmmaker. Their friends come to them and say, man, you know, I've got this new business I want to do. Um, can't wait to launch it. Uh, we just need to get this video made. Everyone loves being being that person with the that insight, right? Or like that secret value or information. Yeah. So they're already looking for, they're excited. That person has the account and they probably don't know any other filmmakers. So once that question comes up, this is their, this is their moment, right? To, to seem like the authority, the guy who knows, knows it all and knows all the people. So of course they're going to be like, Oh, oh, I know a guy, he does great work, yada, yada, you know? And so it, it can lead into additional work for you. So, um, again, prior to COVID, that's what I did. Now, uh, I could just kind of set a goal to, you know, try to meet, you know, one to three people, uh, through social media, um, each and every week. Um, so again, you know, usually I try to do it at night. Um, kind of when I'm taking my, you know, two hours, I usually take about two to three hours of downtime just to relax. And so during that period, I'll probably spend about 30 to 45 minutes on social media, again, Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram are the main ones I'm on predominantly, uh, Instagram though. Uh, and, and on those, again, I'll just start looking at, uh, hashtags. I'll look at, the trending hashtags. Um, I'll go look at uh, familiar or what is it? Uh, I'll I'll click for like the the similar feature on some of the uh, predominant or um, I'll click on the similar feature um, to to meet you know new people um, similar to you know maybe someone else that I had just met or that again is mm-hmm. within my industry. So that's what I'm currently doing um, with COVID and everything. So I'm just trying to meet and, and connect with people online. Um, but again, I think one of the the best things you can do is uh, you know, you can start the community yourself, you know, don't use yep. the excuse that it's not there. Um, for instance, you know, maybe I just didn't find it. But when I moved here to Orlando, you know, about five years ago, there was absolutely zero like group page for, for filmmakers um, on Instagram and, and Facebook. And so I created, uh, you know, an Orlando, Orlando filmmakers uh, group on Instagram. Um, and now, you know, I think there's maybe around 40 of us in it. Um, and so, you know, we all trade information, um, we sell lenses and camera gear, other things cheaper, you know, than we probably would just to the open market. Uh, if I can't do a gig or someone else can't, 
we throw it into the group and you know offer you it go. up first come first serve um Love so it. again leads to new relationship and work um it's just it's literally it's invaluable you cannot put a price tag on what networking will do for your business it's yep. it's just something you have to trust you have to listen to us and trust us that it will benefit your business so definitely invest time into it yep 100 percent. let's move on to our last segment of the day which is saving money and building assets um, and this starts with building out a business model and a pricing strategy that gives you the best chance at setting up things for the future so yes, we're working today because we need to pay rent this month. But if you only think about those short-term goals, you'll never escape that hamster wheel. And you really need to think about healthcare and taxes and business development and marketing costs and retirement and, and so much more. And so I know this is a lot to take in and we're very young, we're, we're getting started, we're early in our career, but you need to make sure that you're putting together a business that can allow you and the business to grow professionally for years to come and to provide that healthy lifestyle that you need. You know, you need to build up a savings account, not only for yourself personally, but for your business. There's going to be rainy days. There's going to be things that go wrong. And if we're operating on 5% margins where, you know, we're only making a handful of money and we're not putting any money back into the video from every project, we're going to leave ourselves with very little opportunity to grow that business, to invest in that business and to set ourselves up for success. So once you get past that survival stage and you start thinking about the, the long term here, you need to start thinking about how you're pricing out your videos and the money that you're making, the income that you're making, how you're saving that, putting that back into the business, where that's going, how it's being invested, and to make sure that's a really healthy ratio to make sure that you're setting yourself up for success in the future uh, to do so many more things. Again, early in my days as a freelancer, you know, running my first production company, I, I made a certain amount of money that year. I didn't put anything aside. And then when the end of the year came, I had a whole, thousands and thousands of dollars to pay in taxes that I had to just take out of pretty much my own personal savings that I thought I was, you know, doing pretty well that year. But instead, it just went all back into the business for taxes and upkeep and investment, et cetera. And they were just really poorly planned. And in that case, I just undercharged my services. I didn't plan for the future. I didn't uh, put in any costs for taxes and bookkeeping and business upkeep for any of my projects at any point in that year. So all of those costs just came out of my own personal rate. Uh, and that's not a healthy thing either. And so you really need to figure out, you know, what is a good um, pricing like uh, strategy for yourself? What is that good uh, business model, uh, the profit margin, what kind of margin do you need to operate successfully? That also helps you to guide yourself on what projects you should take in the future or not. You know, if, if you know that you need at least a $5,000 video to substantially do something uh, for your business, whether it's like just make enough money to pay yourself and to put money back into the company to, you know, set yourselves up, well, then that should be like the lowest video that you charge because that's predetermined figures that you know you need to, you know, take on a video at that level. So by figuring out these hard costs, by figuring out how much money you should start saving and, and paying yourself and figuring out what your taxes are, that can help determine your pricing strategy and also figure out what type of videos do you need to go after in order to obtain that price. You know, because a lot of us, yeah, we just want to make twenty, thirty, forty thousand dollars as much as we can. But sometimes, like the videos that we do, don't lend itself to that. So, for example, real estate. You know, most real estate videos are five to fifteen hundred dollars. You know, and if if you need eighty percent margins, those really aren't going to cut it for you unless you're just accepting the quantity game and shooting twenty to thirty videos a month. You know, but. You could also approach it from, well, understanding that I need this sort of profit margins to make sense from a healthy business perspective to pay myself, to put money back into the business. Maybe I'll try to do upscale real estate videos, lifestyle videos, more narrative, more showing that potential buyer what it would be like to live in this house, you know, and upcharge for that and then make the money that way. And then that way you can retain those margins, you know, so you need to figure out what your baseline costs are, not only for what you need to survive each month, but what you should save for your business, how much money you need to reinvest into it, the operational costs, 
put that all into the bottom line and then look at the projects you're getting and say, are these projects going to be able to deliver on these profit margins that I need to run a healthy business? And if the answer is no, and you can't find a good answer, then you might need to just take a step back and get some advice from some experts. And because otherwise, you're just going to be running on razor thin margins, barely making any money and not setting yourself up for the future for years to come because you just couldn't figure it out. And and that's kind of like that hamster wheel experience. So that's where I stand on, you know, saving money, building towards the future. Kyle, how do you approach it for your business? Uh, you know, I, I really don't have much to add there, JJ. Um, just would be reinforcing, you know, everything you said there. Um, again, you know, make sure that you're setting aside money from each and every production that you do. Um, again, to prep and prepare yourself for taxes, if possible, paying your taxes um, quarterly as well, or just being mindful, you know, again, re-examining, re-evaluating, looking at your actual numbers every quarter will help kind of guide you and, and tell you, okay, do I need to save more um, or am I able to invest or spend more in other areas? Um, additionally, I think this is where having uh, a really strong business structure and operation is important, you know, so making sure that you're really tracking all your records, all your information, so you can really look at and examine, you know, so again, using my QuickBooks, I could, right now if I wanted, I could pull it out and tell you how much this year, this month, and this week I've spent on groceries as compared to gas, as compared to contract labor, as compared to my internet bill, as compared to rent, like I could break down literally where all of my money is going. Um, so again, I think it's just looking at and re-examining these things. Make sure, again, you're setting aside money from each production. Take some of that money too. Generally, what I do is about 15%. Um, I'll take that 15% of profit from the project and I'll reinvest that um, back into the business. And then generally the rest, um, you know, I'm paying out to the crew as well as myself. Um, so that 15 to 20%, I'll reinvest in the business to acquire new gear, to market my business and brand, uh, to or pay just for, even to add to your savings, right? Or, or to add to the savings, yeah. Of course, uh, <laughs> you, know, you know, for that rainy day fund. Absolutely. So I, I do add money to my savings. However, I will say, um, you know, right now I'm definitely more so in the pot of investing. Um, so again, uh, looking towards 2021, I'm looking to make some kind of. Um, big investments, potentially getting a warehouse, uh, buying my first house, um, other different things like that. So I'm kind of in the, mm -hmm. the investment pool, but I definitely have uh, a rainy day fund, uh, as, as uh, you know, JJ mentioned there. And right now it's sitting at about, I think, seven months um, is what I have. So I have my personal checking, I have a savings, um, and then I have all my business accounts and stuff. So in this savings, you know, that's aside from my personal checking. So this is an account that literally, just sits there, I just funnel money in, and that essentially lives there in case something would ever to occur where, you know, maybe I break a leg and now I can't shoot for eight months, right. or maybe I decide exactly. to move to a new city. I don't have any clientele base there. I'm going to need some time to build up those relationships and get those clients. So I'm going to need to make sure that I have a significant amount of money, you know, to keep me afloat and, and make sure, you know, I'm able to survive, put food on the table and and not feel anxious or stressed about all of that as well. So, um, yeah, that's really, yeah. really all I got there for, uh, you know, saving money. Yeah, I would, I would definitely say do at least three months of savings in your rainy day fund. You know, I, I prefer six months, you know, and if you can get a year, um, that is fantastic. But then anything more than a year, definitely start looking at ways to reinvest that. And when I talk about savings, it's not just personal, it's business too. You know, try and do a small savings for your business. Uh, if you're not investing in the gear or, you know, employees or office space right away, you always want to have that small savings for your business as well, just in case your businesses get hit with extra taxes or whatnot. You don't want that to come out of your own personal payments as well. And so when you're starting to build that bigger business, start to think about that business savings at the same way you think about your savings, which is that three months rainy day at minimum, then that six months. And then once we get to that 12 months, we probably can hire employees or find that office space, et cetera. So definitely use those as guidelines, but you'll figure it out of what's best for you and your business and your finances as you move forward. The good news is, is there's unlimited potential here. There's unlimited freedom. You are living your life as a creator and 
that should make you so happy in itself. There's there's going to be hard days. There's going to be challenges. But there's so many days where we get to wake up and create and, and bring things to life and, and do what we love. And we're very fortunate to do that as content creators, as filmmakers. Um, and so, Kyle, with that, it's just going to have to be a wrap on the season one educational episodes. Ooh, the martini episode. And <laughs> <laughs> is the martini, Kyle. Um, you know, guys, as we said earlier, we could really use your help to build our programming in the future. So make sure to drop us a line yes, on Instagram yes, yes. with any thoughts you have for the podcast, including what you like, what you don't like, how we can improve. For any updates regarding when we're going to return with season two, make sure to follow us at Learn Videography on Instagram. We'll be sure to keep you all updated there with all of our recent news. Also, if you haven't already, make sure to follow Industry Jump along with myself at JJ Englert and Kyle at Cal Visuals. Otherwise, it's been a phenomenal season. Thank you all for joining us throughout this entire season. I hope Love you guys learned a ton, gained value. Yes. Hope to see you for season two. Get out and get creating. Let's, Let's go. go. You can do it. Sky's the limit. We'll yes. be here for you. See ya. Go.